2. Joel and Leia jogged over to the spot where Dooley and the others had disappeared between the trees. Before they entered the woods, Joel glanced back toward the fence and could just make out Mike's silhouette on the other side. A panic hit him. What if Mike was right? What if they did get caught? What if they were arrested? Would they get kicked out of camp? Wait, would he have to complete middle school in jail, maybe even high school? What would his parents say? Something rubbed across his palm. He glanced down and saw Leia had grabbed his hand. Come on, she said. We don't want to lose them. He nodded and smiled, his fears forgotten. The path, or what passed for one, led them through the trees and bushes to the widest meadow they'd yet encountered. Right at the edge was another fence. It was in considerably worse condition than the one with the sign on it and didn't need the aid of a flash flood to punch a hole through it. Most of the chain-link fencing had slumped to the ground where it lay in a rusting heap. Dooley, Courtney, and Kayla stood on the other side. Where's Antonio? Kayla asked. Dooley pointed his flashlight to the right at a hill on the edge of the meadow. There. The hill was fifty feet to the summit at most, but it boasted the unusual feature of a wide rocky overhang with a one-story building tucked beneath it. Though the structure had a closed door, the easy way in was through the large hole in the wall near the right front corner, inside which stood a smiling Antonio. What is that? Courtney asked. A house? An office, I think, Dooley said, but I'm not sure. I just took a quick look inside before I came back for you guys. Let's check it out. As they approached the building, Antonio said, The maid didn't come today, so it's a little messy. One by one, he helped everyone through the hole. Once inside, the first thing Joel noticed was the odor of dust and rotting wood. He moved his flashlight beam across the floor and saw that while some linoleum tiles remained, Mostly, it was exposed concrete splintered by dozens of weed-filled cracks. He moved his light to the walls. Whatever color they'd once been had turned into a water-stained tan. Here and there, nails stuck out where something had once hung. Along the opposite wall was a partially open door. Three desks sat in the room, big metal things with rounded corners, they looked like they were from one of those old detective movies Joel's dad would sometimes watch on TV. Behind each were the crumpled remains of a wooden chair. Look at this, Leia said. She picked a landline telephone off the floor. It was the super ancient kind, complete with rotary dial and buttons across the bottom. A thick, cracked cable ran out the back and into the wall. Dooley walked over and grabbed it out of her hands. This is awesome. I call dibs. No one has dibs on anything, Leia said. We're already trespassing. We're not going to steal, too. It's not stealing. No one's using it. As Dooley started yanking on the cable, Joel said, Leia's right. Just leave it. For a moment, it looked like Dooley was going to shove Joel, but then he shrugged and dropped the phone on the floor. A piece of junk, anyway. After he walked off, Leia whispered, 
I'll bet he comes back tomorrow night to get it. Joel nodded. The search continued into the next room. It was the same size as the first, but instead of desks, there were a couple of round, water-warped tables circled by four chairs each. The chairs were metal and once had padded seats and backrests covered in a green plastic material. Most of the material had rotted away, leaving only bits and pieces as reminders. What's in the next room? Kayla asked Antonio, indicating the closed door. Didn't make it that far back yet, Antonio said. He started for the door, but Dooley pushed him aside. This one's mine. Dooley turned the knob, clearly expecting the door to open. Instead, it moved only an inch before jamming to a halt. Unable to stop himself in time, Dooley...